welcome to the Grow My Salon Business podcast, where we focus on the business side of hairdressing. I'm your host, Anthony Whitaker, and I'll be talking to thought leaders in the hairdressing industry, discussing insightful, provocative, and inspiring ideas that matter. So get ready to learn, get ready to be challenged, get ready to be inspired, and most importantly, get ready to grow your salon business. Hey everyone and welcome to today's podcast. It would be remiss of me not to address the current coronavirus situation because we're dealing with a moment in history, the likes of which none of us have lived through before. Inevitably, in most countries, the government's reaction to the coronavirus pandemic is changing on a daily basis as the situation evolves. As salon owners, it is a challenging moment for many and inevitably with the uncertainty comes fear and panic is not far from the surface. So if we're gonna get through this and come out the other end stronger and even better prepared, then we need to make sure that we adopt a positive mindset, not buy into the fear and the panic. Unfortunately, many small businesses survive on a daily cash flow and they had no fallback position as a buffer for difficult times like this. And if salons remain closed for weeks, it will create an insurmountable problem for many of them. Governments are reacting in different ways with grants and loans to ensure that businesses do survive. So owners need to be informed and educated through the official channels and not be reliant on the misinformation and hysteria that is often on social media. Now, if you've already had to close your salon, then this isn't time to curl up in a ball on the couch and watch Netflix. You need to show your family, your team, your community, and even your country that this is a time for leadership, leading your team, and these uncertain times can be scary. Well, it is scary, but they are looking to you for leadership, for security, and for guidance. Remember, this will end, and you will need your people, so you need to look out for them too. Managing your money and finances is going to be the Achilles heel for many salon owners who are undercapitalized and who have no fallback position. But equally, by getting control of the financial situation and hopefully being able to take advantage of the various government-backed initiatives, it'll see you through the next few weeks or maybe even months. Your marketing and communication to team members and clients is more important now than ever, as this will make sure that you actually have a business and a clientele to come back to. This is a scary time that we're living through. There is no getting away from that. But having a positive mindset and self-care for yourself and your family and your team is now more important than ever before. And obviously, it's important that you also understand and live up to your legal obligations, whether it's with staff, with landlords, banks, suppliers, because, you know, it's in nobody's interest to see businesses go under. And I believe that all stakeholders will want you to succeed and come through this challenging time. But at the same time, we need to honor our legal obligations. So it's time to get proactive and to use this time as a positive opportunity to reassess our businesses. Now is the time to be a leader and a role model. So what does that look like? Well, I like a list. So I've got a list of 10 points that I believe you should focus on. And number one, remain calm. And that is very definitely the number one. It is easy to panic, so remain calm. Don't panic. Don't focus on the worst possible scenarios. 
Okay, it's important, yes, that you stay informed, but by wallowing in every news bulletin and constantly being glued to social media, it's not going to help. It's just going to add to the stress. So check into the news and social media a couple of times a day, but do not be obsessed with it. My second point is take control. Don't be a victim. Plan ahead. Create yourself a list of things that are coming at you and how and when you're best going to be able to deal with them. You've had challenges before and you've survived them. And you can not only survive this one, but you can grow from it too. So control the controllable. And number three, look for the positives and be optimistic. If you choose to focus on the negatives, you are only going to see an abundance of negative. But if you look for opportunities and the things that you can do to be more in a more optimistic light, then I promise you, as unlikely as it might feel at the moment, you will grow and benefit from these challenging times. And number four, be thoughtful. How can you help in your community? What resources do you have, both emotional, practical, and physical, that can make a difference to the lives of others? And number five, look out for others and be compassionate. You see, not everyone is as strong as you. So be compassionate. Take the time to talk to your team and your clients, either face-to-face, over the phone, or through digital mediums to bring comfort and information to others. And number six, Be disciplined with your own hygiene habits, whether it's hand washing or cleaning surfaces and utensils in the salon and elsewhere. This is a time to be fastidious about hygiene. And number seven, I put down, look for the opportunities. Don't be trapped in fear. Uncertainty breeds fear. I get that. But if you're trapped in fear, and the worst case scenarios, then it's paralyzing and holding you back from seeing opportunity and moving forward. And number eight, be resilient. This is not going to be over in a week or two. Unfortunately, a lot of indications are it could very well last several weeks. This is toughen up time, and you have the resources to be strong. You've done it before in your life, and you will do it again. I believe in you. Believe in yourself. And number nine, get ahead of the curve. What I mean by that is you need to be one of the first to change to a new idea or a new way of doing something that later becomes the popular way of doing things. And finally, at number 10, have a decisive action plan. Regardless of what stage of this pandemic your salon, your city, or your country is at, it's important that you take action, that you're decisive, and that you take control of what you are able to control. So on today's podcast, I've chosen to interview three leaders in the industry to see how they are dealing with the situation as it stands. First up is Sean Dawson, CEO of the Adam Reed Salon in London. Second is Virginia Meyer, co-founder and partner in the 14J Salon in New York. And the third is Emiliano Vitali, owner of eSalon in Sydney, Australia. I'm asking all three of them the same questions about how they are dealing with the coronavirus situation in their respective salons and countries. First up is Mr. Sean Dawson from the Adam Reed Salon in London. Sean, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Anthony. What an amazing opening. I mean, I'm sitting here listening to that opening and you, you just, that, that was fantastic. And it's, um, and it's great to hear that you were saying you know, that, that one of the key things is to remain positive. Thank you. I, I, yeah, I think there is enough doom and gloom out there. And, uh, 
you know, social media is a great thing, but my God, you know, it, it's so easy to fall into a vortex of negativity. And, and there's plenty of that about at the moment. So I think it's really important we put a positive spin on that. And so you were one of the people I thought of when, you know, I thought of who's proactive out there, who's going to be taking action and who's going to be, you know, making things happen and not just sitting back there. So, uh, as I said, I've got six questions to put to you, um, and we've oh, only got like 20 minutes, so um, we, we, we need to sort of get straight on with this. So um, what's, the, what's the current situation for you in your salon? Have you decided to stay open or have you been forced to close? Where, where are you at as far as that goes? We're staying open, Anthony. We're, um, you know, at the moment, we're following the government guidelines, uh, as you said, which we, which we should do. Um, you know, and we feel that we, as you know, we have a responsibility for our for our team members and our clients as well. And um, although we do have a duty of care to stick to the to, to the rules, um, but at the moment we're open, we're um, and we're still trading. Okay, so so what sort of practical uh, precautions are you taking um, at both the, the the for the for the clients and for the staff? What are some practical things that you're doing in the salon that you know this time two weeks ago just weren't on the agenda? Yeah, I, th- I, th- I loved it when, when you were giving your list there. I think it was point number six that you said, you know, look, look it's about hygiene. Hairdressing is one of the most hygiene-aware businesses on the high street. We have to step that up. Um, and more importantly, you have to step that up visually for the clients that are in your salon to see that. So what we've done is we've stepped up things that, that we wouldn't normally do where we're, um, if you like, what we're trying to do is space clients out a little bit more. So we're using alternate seats and trying to keep a gap in the middle. Um, we're cleaning down the, the sections and the basins after each client has used it. We're trying to only get one client at the basin at a time. Um, we use disposable towels and gowns. Uh, so, so again, we're making sure that clients, we're in, you know, telling clients that, engaging with clients with that. Um, and most importantly, doing that on our social media and as well by emailing clients and let them know what we have changed. But, you know, it, it's, it, it's just stepping up a little bit. I mean, hopefully most salons and I'm sure the salons that listen to you have already got a strong hygiene, you know, process there. But make it as visual as you can so the client can see it. Okay. Are you still doing things like offering, rece- uh, offering um, refreshments, magazines, all that sort of stuff? We we don't actually do magazines in our salon anyway. So we've we've always we we started with a culture of trying to get people to read books, but yet we're still doing it. Um, we've got hand sanitizer around the salon. We've got plenty of tissues around the salon, and clients at the moment are you know that is something that they're still quite happy to uh, to engage in. Yeah, are, are you envisaging that the government in the UK? Because I know you know bars, restaurants, a lot of things have been told to close. A place like a ghost town. Uh, are you envisaging that that you know there's going to be a blanket you know, closure issued um, from the government to, to businesses like hairdressing salons? I think with um, just going on the, you know, looking at Italy and Spain, I think it's going to happen here. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's not, about, you know, it's no longer about if, it will be when. So, yeah. um, so again, it's, it's you know, half of my time is focused on obviously the salon now, but also, as you rightly said in your list at the beginning, it is, is planning for the future and, and if that was to occur. Right. Okay. And and what about for um, the the staff that you've got? What what precautions have you put in place uh, to to protect them? And indeed, if they if they you know were living in a household with someone that was ill or whatever, to protect clients in the event that they were to come to work. Yeah, we were very quick to actually. We've we've done a lot of training. We've done a, a hell of a lot of communication with our team. But like you said before, 
well-sourced information. You know, like social media, as you said, is fantastic, but, um, um, but there is a lot of rubbish that's being spoken on there. And also, you know, the news is very sensationist at the moment, and there's a lot of rubbish being spoken in there. So we've actually got well-sourced facts. We've done training with our guys uh, at the very beginning, and we do that ongoing. Um, I actually have two that are self-quarantined at the moment um, that, uh, that contacted us, but actually due to family members that had, um, you know, that had fevers, um, and they're quarantined for 14 days and not in the salon. So... And, and again, as I say, what I'm trying to do is not to panic. I've got a lot of young staff, so we're trying not to panic them and giving them as much information as we can. Right. Have you uh, changed opening hours at all and staggered shifts or staggered appointment times so that there's no congestion points during the day? Yeah, we have. We've actually now, we've consolidated the time. So we're actually, um, for clients, we're open from 10 till 5, um, which... Uh, uh, we we decided to do this week, which just helped us with the shifts, as I say, because some people are quarantining. But um, yeah, it's uh, but we do also we offer a service. Someone can't get in within that time, and they want to see a stylist, then they just request that. And we have done a couple of clients outside of them times as well. Right. Okay. Um, how are you communicating uh, with clients? Um, you know, to let them know that you're open and to let them know what you're doing. Is it? You know, is it is it digital? Is it phone? Is it like you know social media? How are you? You know, email, whatever. What, what, how, how are you getting the message out to them that you're still open for business and and this is what you're doing? Yeah, we what we've done is that we we use all of their mediums actually. So um, social media was very important for us at the beginning to to let people know what we were doing and the changes, um, and continue keeping them updated. So social social media is great with that, but. You know, as hairdressers, one of our key things and should be our key thing is collecting data from clients so that you can email them. Um, and that is really important for owners uh, and, and the hairdressers that you should be using that medium um, and keep it personal. Don't make it too formal. Um, and, you know, be really careful about your wording. You don't want to frighten clients. You don't want to frighten clients off. We've been very, very positive with our messages and we've also actually i would say to any hairdresser or hairdressing boss don't be frightened to tell your clients to keep supporting you the word support is really important at the moment yeah i saw a really good post that you put out on social media about that on i think what's today today's thursday the 19th i think you put it out on monday yeah and it was very positive about that what sort of response did you get from that Quite incredible, actually. I mean, it's probably the biggest shared social media post, certainly on Facebook. I think over six, seven hundred um, hairdressers shared it. Fantastic. And, and it, from clients as well, it was really important. You know, it's, it's the, what, what people, again, need to understand is that your clients, you know, you, especially if you're an established client, uh, you've got an established clientele, they're going to support you. They're going to help you. Um, and, you know, and, and so you must contact them. And if you need that support, be honest. Um, you know, one of the things that we haven't done yet because we're a fairly new salon, but great advice to anyone is if you've got an established clientele or regular clientele and they're not willing to come in, don't be frightened to ask them to maybe purchase a voucher or two and, and actually say to them to help us through and help us with payroll and keep us continually going, would they be interested in buying a couple of vouchers for future, for future services? That puts into the client's mind straight away that there is a future, number one, that yeah. you're not going to close down forever. But clients will help you in that way and um you know it gives you a bit of cash flow in the short term if you need it yeah. um to help you with salaries which are you know i think is the most important thing at the moment yeah exactly so um i i know you know you're 
good on social media, to put it mildly. And I saw another post that you did, I think it was yesterday, last night, which I thought, wow, that is brilliant. Um, uh, do you want to tell everyone what, what that was about, the NHS one? Yeah, it was Adam's idea, and it was lovely. What, we, what we'd already did, funny enough, was, um, and this, again, I get, get salons to try. We've got some space, obviously, because we've had some cancellations, and, and again, we're a new salon. But what we did immediately that the pubs and restaurants were told to close, we chose two pubs and two restaurants and went in and said, listen, you know, it's difficult for your team. You know, any of your team that want to come in and get a free haircut, we're willing to do that. What we did last night on a bigger scale was to say as a thank you to the National Health Service here and the people that are working so hard that we'd be happy to give complimentary blow dryers to, to any of their staff that, that can fit in. It will be on a first-come, first-served basis, but, you know, just as a thank you. And I think, again, as an industry, we're great at that and we should be ramping that up at the moment. Um, so, uh, and again, not be frightened of them people coming in. This is another, yeah. I got a couple of people that came back and went, oh, you know, do you really want health service workers in the salon? Yes, I do. And yeah. uh, if it makes them feel better and make them feel, you know, um, rewarded for their hard work, then great. Yeah, I mean, I love hairdressers and I love what we do, but you look at, you know, the, the front line, the nurses, the doctors and the National Health Service, whether you're in, a, you know, America or Australia, the UK or wherever you might be listening to this, and it's at times like this that we really realise how reliant we are as on that front line of defence. So, you know, it's a good example. One of the things I said in my intro about, you know, what resources do you have that you can offer that might make, you know, life easier for other people out there in whatever shape or form, whether it's, you know, physical resources, financial, emotional, you know, whatever it is. And I, I thought that was a fantastic example of, uh, of really positive uh, uh, marketing Um uh, you know, and showing that you're keeping the doors open and that you appreciate the fact that there are other people doing this for you. Has it had a, yeah. a positive response? Had a really positive response. Yeah, the, the, the phone started ringing off the hook this morning. Um, and that's great. We, you know, we, as I say, we're, we're committed to fitting in as many as we can in between the spaces and, uh, and we'll continue doing that as, as, you know, as we stay open. So, Good. and as long as this lasts. So, uh, you, you know, when we talked about communication before, it was very much about how you're communicating with clients. Uh, what are you doing in terms of staff? Have you, you know, how, do you, how are you communicating with them? I know you don't have a huge, you know, staff uh, to communicate with at the moment, but have you got like, you know, private Facebook groups that you're keeping them a, a, a brief? Are you doing one-to-ones? Are you doing, you know, phone checkups? Like how are you like letting them know what's going on to ally the fear that they might have? Yeah, both myself and Adam contact all the staff every, every night um, on a, via a WhatsApp group. So yep. even our staff that are in quarantine at the moment so that they know exactly what's going on. Um, and, um, uh, you know, that, that, you know, communication is key. And on a day-to-day basis, you know, we're, we're, we're doing it on one-to-ones. I'm making sure everybody's all right and I'm making sure that they're getting the right information. And I'm also making sure that any sort of, sensationalism that is being spoken about that, that isn't perhaps true is, is quashed quite yeah. quickly because I think that's important as well. I think as a leader, you've got a duty of care to also make sure that, you know, with young people, sometimes they're getting WhatsApp messages from other people saying, um, you know, oh my God, if you see this is happening, that's happening. It's really important that you you keep a calm head and, and quash rumours and sensationalism. Yeah, exactly. What, what, what's their biggest fear with, you know, staff? What's, the, what's their biggest concern that you're addressing? I think it's probably finance. I think that's probably financial. I think, um, again, uh, you know, the government are going to, they, they're going to have to look after uh, businesses. Um, but I think as individuals, there's not a lot of, you know, a lot, of, in fact, all of my team rent. 
Um, and uh, although there's been these mortgage holidays mentioned in the UK where people can offset some of their mortgage over uh, over the next three months and maybe don't have to make payments for three months, there is a lot being said about rent. And I think that's the big worry. And I think that's where we're trying to keep them calm and keep them informed as well. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one that I know, you know, different countries are handling this in different ways. And it's a it's a movable feast. I mean, this podcast will go out on next Tuesday. Uh, today's the, the 19th. Between now and then, things can change dramatically as they have been, 100%. you know, every, every day, basically. So I'm sure that will be addressed because it, it, it is the elephant in the room. And unfortunately, they're the most vulnerable group. And I mean, it's not just hairdressers, but um, a lot of young hairdressers, a lot of people, period, live paycheck to paycheck and when that you know it's not just businesses that their cash flow dries up it's like you know if i'm not getting paid each week how am i going to feed myself how am i going to pay my rent so obviously there are things that need to be addressed um like everything this too will pass uh fortunately and you know we'll be in a, a couple of months or whatever and hopefully we'll be looking back at this and and sort of um patting ourselves on the back for how we all got through it um is there any sort of marketing plans that you put in place or is it premature yet because you're still open to you know address well what where are we going to be in three four five months time what are some things that i want to put in place in my business now so that we come out of this you know stronger and better for it yeah i think i think it's interesting we we are already uh, and again we are a new business so we already have marketing initiatives that were starting that um, that obviously aren't going to be as effective because um, a lot of people in offices are, are being told to work from home, which has taken a, a huge amount of clientele away from us because we are in a very uh, strong office-led sort of area. But um, so uh, as far as them, we'll be looking to extend the uh, the valid dates on them. So actually as a new business to, to, to extend, whereas before we had a cutoff date for the offers for a first time client to sort of the 25th of April, we'll actually extend them now. Um, but it's, I loved what you said at the beginning. This is, this, this is a really important time for people to look at what they're having in the market because, um, because again, we've got a little bit of time to do it and we can, we're a very creative industry. But the one thing I would be very careful with is a lot of hairdressers have been saying to me that, they're going to cut prices and they're going to offer discounts left, right, and centre to oh, get yeah. people back into the salon. Disaster! You yeah, absolutely. You know, you you've got to remember you've got an established clientele that I said before that are fans of yours that love coming to you. They love coming to you. The reason and then people possibly I think will end up being locked down for two or three weeks. You know, a lot of them are going to realise what their natural colour is very quickly. And they're going to be queuing at your door to get back in when this finishes. So mm. I think what people really need to do is, as well as looking at marketing, I think the marketing they really should be looking at is about awareness and letting clients know when they're going to be back open and how they're going to cope with that demand when this finishes. Because it might be an idea to, to look at, you know, um, at look at your sh- marketing your schedules, um, you know, maybe even opening a Sunday, you know, if, if you want to add a little bit more to your cluster when this is finished to accommodate the amount of business that you're going to get rushing in when if there is a lockdown. And I think that keeps you in a positive mindset as well. Do not fall into the trap of giving it away because they are going to come back. Yeah, um, It's just you've, you've got to make sure that they know when to come, when they can come back safely and, uh, and when you'll reopen if you are closed at the moment. 
Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, what about yourself? Like as a as a leader, um, you know, because we've talked a lot about the clients, we've talked about your team. What 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 are you doing as a leader to stay positive, and you know, to prepare for you know for when this ends? And and what sort of advice would you give other people that are you know salon owners, managers, leaders, basically that have people looking up to them, uh, wanting solutions and wanting support and help? Yeah, absolutely. I think like, I, I, and again, from your list, I love that number one was don't panic. Um, you know, when we panic, we automatically make decisions that, that when, you know, we wouldn't make in normal day to day. Um, so keep a calm head. That's really important for your team again, visually to see that you're the calm person in the, in, in the room. Um, and again, you know, this isn't just putting a positive spin on it. This is an incredible opportunity. Um, for us. I mean, how many times in our lives do we hear hairdressers or our bosses say, you know, I'd love to do that, but I never get the time. Well, guess what? Now your time's being freed up. Um, <laughs> and it's what you now do with that time. You've got an opportunity, you know, to, to, to get our shit in order. Um, and I think that's, that's really, really important. And I think it's how you use this time now and to use it wisely. Um, and again, as you, as, as you said before, don't panic. And, and again, start if you don't have structure in your life or structure in your business or you need a little bit more structure, this is the time to start implementing it um, and start, you know, my advice to people would start with your finances. Um, you know, don't stick your head in the sand. Um, you've got to sort of like grow up now and start looking at, you know, Anna Austin Smith, um, who uh, is from the Fantastic Hairdresser, he did a great sort of little, like, little post yesterday that, that that was interesting and just said about, you know, make some lists, make some lists of, you know, who you're not going to pay for now, who you, you know, you won't have to pay if you're not open, make a list if, you know, if you, uh, if you were closed. So what, what that would save you. Um, um, and then make a list of, especially of who you have to continue to pay. And as you said earlier, this is a time to be a mature person. You know, you need to communicate. If, if for example, you can't pay a bill, you need to be contacting that person and trying to work out, uh, a, 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 you know, some sort of solution to that, whether it be spread over a longer time, not just stick your head in the sand and think it's going to go away because that's when you're going to get yourself in trouble. Exactly. So lists, I think, are really important at the moment. And yeah. uh, I loved, again, you said that before. It's you've got to be honest. You've got to do this with your integrity. But you've got to now look at your business and think, what do I definitely have to pay? What can I put off? What will the government allow me to put off? And start doing your research and start with your finances. I think that's the key thing, which, which again, if you've got a plan financially, you're going to feel a little bit less frightened and, and a little bit more positive. Um, so that would be my biggest advice to, to salon owners at the moment. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good bit of advice about the list as well, because as soon as you, you get it out of your head, and you get it onto a piece of paper, it, it, it sort of gives it some clarity. Um, and, and then you start organizing things as to, okay, what has to be paid? What can I put off? You know, it, because as I said in the intro, no one wants salons to go bust here. Everybody right. who's got a, vest, a vested interest in your business, meaning anyone you owe money to or do business with, they want you to survive. And uh, everybody's going to be in the same situation and, and uh, cutting people some slack and, and coming up with payment plans and coming up with schedules to, to help people realistically get through this with businesses and livelihoods intact. 
is in everybody's interest. So, uh, and Anthony, your your ten points before, as I say, you know, people need to rewind that and listen to that again and and again. Get your pen and paper out and, and write them ten that you just said before down in a book. Because as you rightly said, get this out of your head and on paper, it looks less scary. Um, and them 10 points were absolutely, you know, they would be exactly what I would mirror. Um, you know, the, the only other thing I would say, and I, I, this was actually said to me by an owner recently that, you know, he was going to cancel all his direct debits because he was more worried about if he was paying them, getting money back from these people if he didn't have to pay them in the future or he got some sort of holiday from them. You know, again, that's somebody I think who's who's panicking and not yeah. thinking straight. The most important thing you should do, I think, if you are, especially if you are shut down or it looks like you're going into shutdown, is you know, again, with your salon computer systems, most of these are mobile, um, so you need to make sure that that's set up, that your phone's diverted to your mobile, so that you can still communicate with clients, you can still book clients in when you know the time scale that you're going to reopen. You know, if you're going to work from home work from home don't go home and think you know all oh, right well okay well i worry about them when i open that that's 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 you know do the smart thing you know set set yourself back up on your laptop so that you almost become your front of house yourself at home take responsibility make sure you're collecting all your emails and make sure that you're diverting or that you know how to divert them now don't leave it till the day before they tell you that we're going into shutdown yeah, exactly. Yeah, for, forewarned as forearmed or whatever the expression is. Absolutely. Sean, that has been fantastic insight from someone who uh, has, you know, been in the industry for a long time and has worked in both the US and, uh, and in the UK and, and in various capacities. So you bring a lot of wisdom and a lot of expertise to it, and I'm sure it's been very helpful to a lot of people out there. So uh, thank you very much uh, for giving us your time today on the podcast. And uh, let's hope that, um, you know, we get through, well, we will get through this. Uh, Let's hope that when we get through this, that I can get you back on the podcast, we can do a proper uh, interview with yourself and Adam about um, your new business venture and uh, all the good things that are happening there. So, uh, uh, Sean Dawson, thank you very much for joining us on the Grow My Salon Business podcast. Thank you, Anthony. Thanks for the opportunity. And good luck to everybody. And stay strong, as you said. And, um, yeah, we'll get through this, no problem at all. So next up is Virginia Meyer, co-founder and partner in the 14J Salons in New York. So welcome to the show, Virginia. Thank you so much. We're, I'm, I'm really happy to be here and thanks and hi to everybody out there. I really appreciate that you're doing this to connect us and to help guide us through this very uncertain time. Well, Virginia, when I thought of, of you know, salon owners who are also, you know, leaders and well-respected in the industry, uh, you were very definitely one of the people that came to mind. And, uh, you know, being someone who is a uh, as a salon owner, but has a you know a wide uh, overview of what's going on in the industry. I thought you'd be the perfect person to uh, have on our podcast today. So, uh, the 14J Salon that you are you know owner and uh, or part owner and, and partner in in New York. Uh, what is the what is the current status uh, on that in regards to coronavirus? Are you open or are you closed? Yeah, we are currently closed. It is a very fluid situation, Um, not day by day, not hour by hour, almost minute by minute. We made the decision to close just this week, and that had been on the heels of two weeks 
of preparation and planning and escalating information and responding to the new information coming through moment by moment. So we really feel like we've been in this actively for the last three weeks. And I feel for everyone in their various stages of planning and preparation, whether you're open or whether you're closed. Obviously, um, we started our journey thinking about strong, strong sanitation measures. We've always had a very, very strong daily cleaning practice. We added a whole bunch of things to our daily routine. We sent an email out to our guests. We notified them as to what we were doing. Fondly enough, up until just last week, we were extremely, extremely busy. So as of last Friday or Saturday, my conversation with my business partner, David Adams, who is phenomenal, and I'm sure you'll be hearing from him at some time on one of these podcasts, uh, was thinking about uh, how we were going to try to get a gauge from the guests in terms of did they want to come in? Did they feel comfortable coming in? Looking at the book over the next couple of weeks was actually quite busy um, to sort of let the guest guide us along with the team's feeling because with every new newscast, the news escalates and it feels, uh, you know, the news, while helpful, can also be very fear-inducing. So it's important for us to stay calm and clear-headed. And also to use that information to be better prepared. So we knew a couple of weeks ago that um, the first seat on the bus, if you will, was to support our team in getting to work if public transportation closed. So we put a plan in place for that. The second seat on the bus was going to reduced hours of operation and reduced staffing if we were faced with that. And then finally, the third seat on the bus was how we were going to support our team first, our team first, our team first, if in fact we had to close, which is what we ended up doing on Tuesday. So um, I don't I don't know, I could go on, <laughs> but did you want to ask me any questions about that? Uh, yeah, no. So in uh, in New York, has yeah. uh, have the majority of salons closed or is it yeah. still being left up? Yeah. So they have? Is it yeah. the law that they're closed? Have they... Um, it's not law that all the bars and restaurants are closed. Right. And we, the guideline is that we can't gather in groups of 10 or more. And I believe that's just been reduced. So yeah. any business that is choosing to remain open is mandated to be at 25% staffing levels. And, and for us, what happened was uh, we, we all went in on Tuesday. Yeah. We spent a good chunk of time calling all the guests on the book for the next two weeks to try to gauge what they were really intending. And we learned from that that what looked like to be a pretty robust book was actually not. Mm -hmm. And that we didn't really feel like we had the business volume that would support the expense to stay open. So we made we made the judgment call to close. Right. And we probably stayed open a bit longer than most salons in New York. Okay. But we know, we know it was the right thing to do yeah. for the team, for the guests, and for the business. Yeah. So what, what are you envisaging in terms of, you know, like you've closed now? How long are you envisaging yeah. that it's going to be? Yeah. I mean, nobody's got a crystal ball, but what are you no, sort of thinking? No. 
you know, in no, your mind. So, yeah, no, so we believe in being um, completely transparent with it's a value of our company. And in times of crisis, leaders are called, especially to lead from their values. So uh, earlier on, we pulled our team together, together and individually, and we asked them how they felt. And earlier on, we gave them the choice to stay at work or to go home if they didn't feel comfortable because we didn't want anybody feeling like they had to be there just because we chose to stay open. Mm. So we gathered everyone on Tuesday and we said that we made the decision, the tough decision to close through April 1st. And that's a moving target, whether or not it's really April 1st or it's some future date, we just have to take it a day at a time. Right. Um, the books are very busy after April 1st, which is great. But what we we looked at um, a couple of weeks ago, what we would do to support our team during that time. And we made the decision to pay them for those that qualified to pay them their paid vacation and paid time off. They could take that. And then for those that didn't, and these were our more junior people or those on minimum wage, we just made the choice to pay them. Right. We advocate a guideline of 6% of gross sales as that cash cushion to help weather the storm, right? So when we're prioritizing how to spend our cash, it isn't our bills, it's our people. Yeah. So um, we made that decision. And so we, they will be compensated. In, in effect, they'll be compensated for the two weeks that they're closed. Now, we also told them right away that we would furlough them so that they could apply for New York City unemployment. Um, again, the information from the federal government and the state government here is changing minute by minute. And the city has waived the seven-day waiting period for unemployment. So our team members are able to file. And if we can't go back to work on April 1st, then they'll have their employment benefit that they can take advantage of. Okay. And then they'll also have our government is looking at issuing some sort of cash stipend to every American. We'll see what happens there. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's a, that sort of thing is happening in different countries, even in different states. Yeah. Um, you know, because, you know, as you said, I mean, you've got to look after your people. You're going to open up again, whether it's in two weeks or three weeks or four weeks, you're going to open up again and you need your people and you can't yeah. just hang them out to dry. So, you know, wh while um, you have closed up um, and your team members have scattered to, you know, wherever they yeah. reside yeah. and gone home to families, et cetera. I mean, you yeah. yourself don't reside in New York. Yeah. Um, how are you communicating with them? How are you keeping them in the loop and, you know, keeping them part of the team and, you know, being supportive to them? What, what, what sort of, you know, vehicle are you using for that? Is yeah. it digital or you on the phone or email or newsletters or Facebook groups? What sort of things have you got happening? Carrier pigeon. Yeah, all, all of the above. Uh, we have a, uh, an internal group me platform, which is excellent. And so we're on that daily and we're using it to help guide and coach them uh, to yesterday. We posted something about, you know, if you're doing a net Netflix binge watch, um, we posted a list of things to watch, you know, that yeah, were yeah. more and more positive. Um, we also are staying in text and in phone contact because people move through things like this. It's very personal. 
and everyone comes to it in different ways and at different times. And sometimes you feel really good. And then sometimes you feel really scared. Mm. So we want to make sure that we are a safe, constant, steady voice of information, of calm, of encouragement. We fully believe we are going to get through this. And we want to support our team in feeling strong, feeling supported, and feeling connected, and knowing 100% we have their back. Yeah. They are a top priority. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I think that that people element is really important. I mean, a lot of people, you know, yourself, myself, whatever, you know, we have a stable home life relationship, you know, security around us. But uh, every salon in the land that I go into, there are young people in there who live paycheck by paycheck. And, you know, if they can't pay their rent or can't put food on the table or whatever, a lot of them live away from home. They don't necessarily have stable you know, family relationships or lifestyles, etc. And yeah. a time like this is really in at the deep end for them. So uh, I don't think that any salon owner should underestimate the importance of how you keep that communication uh, channel open to them. And we're lucky like that with digital media, etc. that no matter where they've gone to, they've all got their phone, they can all be on Facebook groups or whatever the groups are that you're using, you know, so that you can uh, ally any of their fears or allay any of their fears and, and keep in touch with them. Um, what, what, what about the staff, uh, the client component of that? Um, um, how are you or are you choosing to communicate with clients while the salon is closed? Have you got a, a salon blog going or anything like that that you're sort of staring clients towards? Yeah, exactly. So right now, um, a couple of things. So our primary broad-based communication vehicle is email emails to, to let our, our clients know what's happening moment by moment. And when we notified of the closing, for example, we're very active on Instagram. So we're using that as a primary way to stay connected to our consumer base. And we just talked this morning. Uh, actually, I was with a couple of team members via phone this morning, and we were talking about what we want our voice to be to our guests over the next couple of weeks via Instagram and uh, social media, Facebook too, but primarily Instagram. And we've decided a couple of things. Uh, We want to be a voice of encouragement, calm, inspiration, and support to our guests because our guests are just as... Everybody's just as scared. Everybody's just as uncertain. So we planned out our kind of our media approach for the week. We're, we're going to be focusing on the hair side on things that they can do at home and providing some education to them on keeping their hair healthy while they're working on keeping their, yeah. Uh, we will expand that into a blog. So um, just really looking at the, the way we want to cadence it, if you will. Yeah. We're also at the right time. I, I don't, I made the decision today to sort of hold off on it for this week. But gift cards are a great way that our guests can support small business and our guests want to support us. Mm. They're an active part of our community. They have reached out to us. They're concerned about our well-being. They've been incredibly um, supportive of just us as a business in their community. So I think at the appropriate time, we'll offer some sort of gift card promotion where when they purchase 
$100 worth of gift cards, they can get $20, a, a $20 value okay. that they can use when they come back. Um, we're taking a look at that. Um, and just opening our minds and hearts, I think, to any other creative things that come up. It's part of the way we're staying connected with the team. You know, we're looking for their feedback on things that they think would be valuable. But for right now, we're really focused on um, on the interpersonal side, being a voice of inspiration, calm, and support to our community. And then on the hair side, promoting things that guests can do to keep their hair healthy at home. Okay. I, I really like what you said at the beginning of that about what voice are we going to use to communicate with. Yes. And, you know, you attached a few very clear, you know, values to, to what yes. that was. And I think that is such a, a valuable tip for people listening to this that, you know, I think you need to, to keep open uh, channels of communication with clients and with staff. And yes. I think you need to consciously, as a leader, to think about consciously what is the voice, the tone of how I'm going to communicate with them because it's so easy to buy into all the hysteria and to be creating more fear and and panic and uh, uh, consciously sitting down and thinking, okay, what is the tone in which we want to communicate to people, I think is a really important piece of advice. Yes, and linking that back to the values of your company. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, what, 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 as a leader, um, mm-hmm. yourself and David, um, what are you doing to, you know, to stay positive and and prepared for this you know because we talked a bit about clients we talked about the staff um you know i mean with maturity and with experience you know you're able to to maybe be a bit more objective about this i'm not going to say that we've lived through stuff like this before because really no one's lived like this through this before you know this is new new territory but so, so 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 what are you doing to you know ensure your own mental health and to feel confident about the future and to feel in control and to not go into panic and hysteria mode. Yeah, no, that, that's such, such a great point because leaders are called to lead and we can only do that if we are able to do that from a place of real purpose. So I was talking to my husband the other day and he just turned to me and he said, what do you suppose our parents would have said about this coronavirus thing? Now, our parents were from the greatest generation. They lived through World War II, the Korean War, the Great Depression. They lived for years from a space of how can I help? How can I serve? And I, I thought for a second and then I turned to him and I said, I can just, I can hear my dad right now. He would say, love rules. Look for ways, find the light and move toward it, look for ways to serve, give, and then give some more. You are strong. You are resilient. This is your time to lead. Show up. Mm. So when I heard that, I'm like, okay, I will. <laughs> and what do I need to yeah, do yeah. to be able to show up? Yeah. So for me personally, it's about making sure that I'm moving my body every day. Mm-hmm. we're fortunate enough to be able to go outside and walk around. So I walk and try to make sure that it's as close to nature and trees and water as I can possibly get. We 
have all been called here to carry a two-week food supply. And we try to eat as, in, in a way, it's kind of a blessing in disguise because we're not going out. We have to cook. So the quality of the food is actually almost better. Yeah. So eating, um, getting great rest, of course, doing everything we can to stay healthy. I love tequila. So I do have my tequila. You know. <laughs> Uh, but then on the, you know, so that's kind of on the physical well-being side. Mm. Uh, the the mental side, it's making sure that I am fueling my brain with things that are powerful and are about moving forward. I really limit how much news I'm watching mm-hmm. because basically once you get the update in the morning or you get the update at the end of the day, it's just droning on and on and on about the same thing. And it can really be, um, it can really be debilitating. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I've, um, two, two things. I'm part, I'm a part of some leadership forums that are really great and really active online in terms of sharing, um, thoughts and, being supportive forums where if, you know, somebody feels a little stumbly, somebody else can lift them up. And then I chose to, um, I chose to start in my own group of, because a woman in business, I, I've been in the business a long time, but back in the day, I was kind of one of one of the women in the business. Anyway, I have a great network of female business friends and we're starting our own weekly coffee chat just to have a cup of coffee and support one another and find out what's going on in the world. And of course I'm in daily contact with my business partner and we are 4,000% focused on the team. That, that really truly is um, their well-being and making sure that they feel supported and can see a way to continue their life through this shutdown is it's, you know, it's, it's front and center. Yeah, definitely. I, I was talking to somebody and he used a an expression. I can't even remember who it was now. And he said, we're all very focused on the outward world. So cleaning the door handles, cleaning the toilet flusher, cleaning all the surfaces in the salon. But he said, what we're forgetting about is focusing on the inward world and people's uh, 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 fear and, and mental health and sense of security and uh, uh, or lack of. And I think he had a really good point there. And I think that as we, as you transition, like like you have from from the salon being open, where you were very focused on the um, inevitably on the sort of you know the outward world of the things that you need to keep clean and the standards and hygiene, etc. That um, maybe it is easy for some people to forget about the the mental health side of it for other people. And I think that the longer this goes on, the more that will become an issue. So. Uh, thank you for you know bringing up some of those little things like you know just having having group meetups with girlfriends and sharing stuff and you know not burying your head in the sand and and, and not being obsessed with the media and making sure you're putting some good stuff in there as well. I mean, one of my favorite expressions is you have to learn to control the controllable. You know, exactly. there's things that you can't control and there's things that you can control. And uh, you know, so it's all about focus on what you can control and control the controllable. And we have, so, to let, we have to let go of the rest because yes. it is outside of our control. So 
Um, the only way that we can feel in control of the controllable is to show up like we want to show up. Yep, <laughs> so, exactly. So, so, so just to wrap up there with one last thing, if you were giving a salon owner one bit of advice, what would it be? Single most important thing for them to do. Prepare, plan, lead, and come from your values. Show up like you're called to show up. Okay. Well, that sounds like a... Uh, a great way to uh, finish this segment. So, Virginia Meyer, I knew you wouldn't disappoint me. Thank you very much for being a guest on this week's special coronavirus episode on the Grow My Salon Business podcast. Um, I will look forward indeed to talking to uh, David Adams at, a, a, at length at, uh, at a later podcast. Uh, but thank you very much for bringing your wisdom and your knowledge um, to this week's coronavirus special. Thank you so much for having me and good luck and Godspeed to everyone. We will get through this. So our third and final guest on today's podcast is Emiliano Vitali, owner of eSalon in Sydney. Welcome to the show, Emiliano. Hey, Anthony. Great to be here, my friend. It's really good to have this opportunity to talk to you. I know you've got a you know, a very successful business in Sydney and, uh, you know, that you're, you know, very well known and influential in the Australian hairdressing industry and wider afield as well. So I've got six questions, Emiliano, that I want to put to each of these salon owners. We've got about 20 minutes to talk through them. And I really want to focus on, you know, what are the, the practical, real things that you're doing in your uh, salon? So, you know, the first question I've got to ask you is, uh, what is the strategy? that you have taken thus far in your salon. And I know that this is a, a very, you know, movable feast and likely to be changing day by day. But what's the strategy that you've taken? Is it to open or is it to close? And if it is to stay open, what are the precautions that you're taking for both staff and uh, for clients as well? Yeah, Anthony, we've decided to stay open. Um, at this stage, our government has, has assured us to stay open is the best way to go forward and, and that's all we can do at this stage is trust them. So what I've done with my staff, first thing we covered was our sanitizing procedures. We just and we just went from hundred percent to 150%. We just really went through the the roof on that. We implemented really early on the no touch policy, no hug policy, and we had a meeting and discussed the possibility of closure with the team immediately. I just wanted the team to know no matter what we find ourselves that should we close and, and without knowing what government incentives were coming or are yet to come. And, hey, when people are listening, we may be shut down here in Australia. But I needed my team to understand and trust that no matter what happens financially, they're going to be okay because that's my responsibility. We also implemented, you know, a very strict sanitising program for the front desk. We leave the front, the front door open. Even though we do, we sanitise the front door every 15 to 20 minutes the, the front desk every 15 to 20 minutes, FBOSH machine after every use. And tomorrow afternoon after work, we're having another team meeting. I'll be educating myself a little bit more this evening with what where the situation is. In terms of our clients, we emailed all our clients for this week and we, we just let them know we're taking the situation very seriously. We know it's, it's changing day by day. And the email that I sent yesterday, things have already changed. But we just wanted to make sure that they knew the sanitizing procedures that we do. You know, that we, they take it for granted sometimes what we're doing, but just that we wash our hands between every client, we sanitize the brushes and combs between every client, the social distancing, that's very important. 
using every second chair. We take that very seriously. Uh, we ask our clients to reschedule if they're not feeling well or have any any symptoms and also finding out if they've travelled because as of yesterday, there's now a travel ban for our – well, not a travel ban. If they come in, they have to self-isolate for 14 days. However, the most important thing is is we're being open and honest and communicate communicating really clearly and regularly. Okay, fantastic. Um, the the second thing I want to talk about is that the whole issue of communication, because you know, with the uncertainty that's happening, you know, it, it, it's really important that we keep these you know channels of communication open. So, uh, what what are you doing to uh, communicate with clients, both you know, within the salon and you know, before people even get to the salon. What are you doing on social media? What are you doing on your website? What are you doing in terms of email or phone contact? All that sort of stuff. What, what sort of things have you put in place uh, around the communication side of things? Uh, Anthony, the first thing we did was we put out a post on Instagram and obviously Facebook. So that, that was the first thing we did. The second thing we did, we sent a letter to our clients via email. So we communicated straight away. I updated our website quite prominently with our, you know, COVID-19 policy and tomorrow or tomorrow morning or tomorrow afternoon through our uh, software provider, we're going to be sending a text to all our clients with a link directly to what we're doing. Um, so that, that's the first thing. We're also confirming appointments. We confirm appointments via text, but we're also going to add that link to, so the clients know what they need to, what they can expect when they come into the salon, but also what we expect from them and what we'd like from from them when they come in. They'll be invited. They'll be, you know, greeted with a loving smile, but we won't be hugging or kissing. We'll ask them to disinfect their hands, and you know, and it's really interesting because you, you know, a week ago, if you asked the clients when they walked in, or, and you greet them with a sanitizer, they think, "What the fuck." Whereas today, you know, they're, they're looking for the sanitizer. So it's a very different world we live in. So, yeah, yeah we're gonna, there's a little bit of humour in, in it as well. Like today I was chasing a client around the salon with, you know, my, um, my disinfectant bottle. So, you know, we have to bring humour to the, to the place because at the end of the day, Anthony, we mustn't forget we're living. And most importantly, we need to come from a place of love and communicate honestly. Yeah, that's that's really important. There is so much disinformation, and there is so much fear about that. There, it is important to come at it with. I mean, this sounds uh, flippant, but it, it's important to have a sense of humour about it. It's important to remember that we're still living here, and um, you know, to come to come at it from a place of genuine, you know, care and 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 love at the same time, as you say. So, you know, you, you just said you're chasing the client around the salon with disinfectant. What what is your you know, sort of policy on that, like in terms of cleaning workstations, in terms of cleaning, you know, chairs, in terms of, you know, uh, I don't know, things like you're still offering refreshments, you're still offering magazines, that sort of thing. Yeah, one of the we, – we took magazines out pretty much straight away. I was probably behind the curve there. I, I heard uh, a friend of ours in Queensland, she's got a salon there, she was talking to a doctor, they said take the magazines away. I should have done that, I felt, the next day, but I, I, I waited an extra day. Again, it, it, uh, we were a little bit fearful. What would the clients do if we didn't offer a magazine? But they've been really positive. So we took the magazines away. We stopped serving uh, biscuits. We serve water in a glass bottle with a beautiful cup and, and on, a, on a tray. We've taken all that away. We bring them a glass of water. Uh, as of tomorrow, what we've, we've implemented is we're going to use single-use cups, uh, and these cups are being made by um, 
uh, they're sustainable, they're 100% biodegradable. So actually, this has caused us to take it one step further and become even more sustainable because we're going to be saving water because these cups will, once they're used, they go into a bag, they get collected by Sustainable Salons Australia, and they are 100% biodegradable. So all of a sudden, we've just added a positive note to our carbon footprint there. So, yeah, there's a a lot of things that that we're doing like that. But, yeah, no more biscuits, no more magazines. And, and, hey, everybody's got a smartphone nowadays. They'll watch watch whatever they want to watch. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, well, what about the staff side of things? Um, I mean, you know, our staff, I mean, young people, or well, people, period, these days are heavily influenced by social media and um, hairdressers, the uptake for them on social media has been massive. Um, so I suppose what I'm le- leading to is this. Unfortunately, a lot of them are taking all their information from social media and there's a fair bit of hysteria and false information as well on social media. So when it comes to uh, communication uh, with your staff. What are some of the things that you've got in place to communicate with staff? What are, What are their biggest fears, and you know how are you addressing those issues? I think initially the biggest fear is is the economic impact on them. I I, I honestly don't believe it's a health issue. I in, in I don't think they're worried about their health at this stage. I don't think they're worried about catching the coronavirus. What they're worried about is, am I going to have a job tomorrow? Am I going to be able to pay my mortgage? Am I going to be able to see my family? I have one girl that, you know, it's, uh, it brings me to tears. Uh, hopefully I can get through it, but she was going home to the UK in May, hasn't seen a family for a year. And, you know, I had a chat with her today. You know, she's very anxious about that. However, you know, th- what we need to do is, as, as leaders, we need to ha- show empathy. We need to come from a place of love and compassion. And we need to be honest. However difficult it is, we need to be completely honest with our team, even if some of the truths create extra anxiety. So what we need to do is by coming from a place of love and and care and compassion and and dealing with so many different individuals, we've got to be careful how we deliver what we need to deliver. However, we need to be open and honest with them. We need to uh, make sure that they know that they're, for example, in Australia, that we could be following what you guys are doing in Europe, that we may be closed next week. So I've communicated with them and, I, and, I, and I've told them all, no matter what happens, however we do it, you will get paid. So whether it's holiday pay, whether it's um, uh, pay in advance, I, I, I have to pay them. As you know, we have a, a mutual friend that runs Pillaroo and I've got three Brazilian girls. I've got two that work four days a week and, and, and uh, they're, they're what we call casuals. No holiday pay, no personal leave. But the reality here is these girls are here in Australia on a student visa, and if they don't work, they don't get paid. If they don't get paid, they don't eat. If they don't eat, well, Anthony, we know what happens there. So as a leader, that's my responsibility. As a leader, I chose to open this salon. I chose to take a risk and and have the economic benefits. But when it's times like this, I also have the responsibility to look after my team. And, And that's where it comes down to... Like on, on Sunday afternoon, Anthony, I, I received an email and I, I was paralysed with fear. For about 45 minutes, I was paralysed. I, I didn't know what to do. I, I wasn't thinking clearly. However, my father-in-law sent me a text and it was, it was of, of, a, of, a, of a minister and I was singing a song. And, you know, it's a Christian song. But that was my centre. That helped me. 
And that helped me and reminded me to that it's I cannot think clearly and I cannot have clarity when I'm coming from a place of fear. So I changed that around and, and just thought, come from a place of love. Why did I come into this industry, Anthony? Why did we all come into this industry? We came into it to serve. We came into it to serve our clients. We came into it to be creative. So this is our time to serve. So by bringing it back to basics and, and, and clarifying and say to serve with love, to live in that place, how as a leader am I going to serve with love my team? How as, am I, as a leader am I going to serve and love my clients? How as a leader am I going to serve and love my business? Because when we come from that place, it's incredible how much we, how much clarity comes. And the reality is we're in this. You know, if we've got our head in the sand, take the fucking head out of the, out of the sand, we're in this. But it's going to end. And when it ends, people will, will remember where we were living when we made the decisions that we made. And personally, what I'm, I'm doing, Anthony, I'm thinking about my people and my team because as a business owner, Number one is my business, number two is my team, and number three is my clients. But if I haven't got number three clients, I don't have number two, my people, and I don't have number one, my business. So, you know, it's intertwined. How I work it all out, Anthony, I have no idea, my friend, but I just have to center myself, bring it back to the thing is, why am I a fucking hairdresser? I'm here to serve. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I don't think I can say it any better than any of that. So thank you. You know, this, as you said, as I said, you know, that this will pass, this will be all over one day and we'll look back at it. And so you're going to need your people. So it's really important that you look after people um, as best as you're able to. And in different countries, uh, different governments are, are uh, putting in different financial resources to help business owners to uh, protect their businesses and protect their people to, so that they can be looked after uh, because, you know, it's in nobody's interest that, that businesses, um, you know, collapse, as I said. So, um, you know, moving on to on from that, uh, you know, I know that you're open at the moment and it sounds like from what you've said, Australia is a little bit behind what's happening in Europe at the moment, but, you know, it seems to be globally that everything's moving in the right direction. I know at the moment you're very focused on keeping the doors open and looking after your people, but with half an eye on the future of this may end up in you having to close uh, either voluntarily or, or compulsorily like they are in, in some countries. Uh, when you enter that stage, have you been able to give any thought to, okay, so when I'm told that I, the salon has to be closed for two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, whatever it is, um, what are you, or is it premature for you, to be thinking about how am I going to use this time as positively and constructively as possible so that when we do reopen, it's bigger and better than ever? Yeah, it, it's interesting. I have given a lot of thought to that, Anthony. I, I haven't got any clear strategies, but there's a couple of things that I will do. One is I'll make sure that my team at least – whether it's an hour a day or two hours a day, whatever they want to do, that they have access to some form of online education. Like really at the end of the day, we're, we're going to need to feed ourselves. Um, we're, we're going to need to educate ourselves. And, and when I say feed ourselves, feed ourselves positivity. The most positive thing we can do is to learn. You know, I, 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 and, and that, that I'm going to encourage my team to do. I'm going to do it myself. You know, it's, 
Like I'm sure a lot of people are thinking, oh, yeah, this is going to be a two-week holiday. I'm going to sit on the couch and watch Netflix. But, you know, do we want to come out stronger or do we want to come out dumber? Because if we waste our time watching Netflix and, and, and binge on friends and things like that because we might have, you know, a cosy, we're in a cosy position, that's not going to be a very positive outcome for all. So I think what's really important is is once we go into, if we do go into close down, but once we do, I'm, I'm thinking like we, we definitely are heading that way. I've got to educate myself and I've got to stay positive. I've already, you know, looked into certain podcasts. Obviously, I listen to yours all the time, but other podcasts that can help me learn and grow. For me, it's going to be how can I be a better leader? So if we're closed for two weeks, if we're closed for three weeks, if we're closed for four weeks, imagine if we could use that time to educate ourselves, how many courses there are. One of the great things is so many courses, a friend of mine, she runs, you know, Secret Fox Education. That's another one. So, you know, I we could, you know, buy a, a team subscription to that or just buy particular particular episodes on that on how how we can improve. You know, just making making sure that whatever we're doing, we're using that time properly. That that's that's very, very important. Obviously, you know, touching base with, with our suppliers touching base with our, you know, whether it's, you know, our banks, our electricity, you know, as a leader, I've got to make sure I've got all that covered. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, so what advice, I mean, I know you've got a, a successful salon and unlike a lot of salon owners, um, you have a certain uh, a buffer um, where this is not going to cripple you. Um, yeah. well, it's going to cripple everyone if it went on forever, but it's not going to go on forever. This is not definitely not going to cripple you with the situation that you're in. So what I'm asking you is this, as someone who's been in this industry for a long time, who's got a successful, solid business and who's learned a lot of stuff and like the best of us has learned a lot of that the hard way, uh, what advice would you give to other salon owners to offset the potential economic hardship that lays ahead for some of them? First and foremost is educate yourself. Know what's out there. That that's first and actually no. First and foremost, if you've got your head in the sand, the sand, or you're wallowing wallowing self pity, get your head and and get your head out of the sand. Stand up straight and say, okay, what do I need to do? Educate yourself. First thing is find out what your government's doing. What incentives are available? Turn around, ring your suppliers. If you can't pay your suppliers, ask for an extra thirty days. They don't want you to go bust either there. Be absolutely honest with your team. You know, be absolute. you got $5 in the bank, tell your team you got $5 in the bank. you got $5,000, tell them. You have to be clear with them and let them know exactly where you are. You have to tighten your belt. I Like every salon owner out there, Anthony, you know, I know what it's like to work a 50-hour week and get paid nothing. Mate, I know what it's like to cash up at the end of a Thursday to cash up, and the, I know what it's like to cash up and do nothing. I know what it's like to cash up and do $15,000 in a day. I don't say that to impress people, but to impress upon people. I know how hard it is on both ends. So what we've got to do is we've got to bring it back to basics. How can we serve? And some of us are going to lose our businesses. Some of us are going to lose our houses. However, at the end of the day, we have to continue and we have to move on. You said something so amazing at the beginning. It's time for leaders to stand up. 
You know, I, I hear all the time, Anthony, people talking about, oh, this generation, that generation, us oldies, you youngies, you know, and, and things like that. But the most important thing is we're the generation that we have been waiting for. It's up to us, Anthony, to stand up and lead. It's up to us to stand up and serve and to not think out of fear and to think out of love. And let me tell you something. Somebody said to me once, if you don't have a dream, if you don't have something to work for, find somebody that has a dream, get next to them and help them achieve their dream because what happens is that's going to rub off on us. And I know, you know, this is a bit of a, uh, and there's no pun intended, but when you see somebody down on their knees, hold out your hand and help them up because if you do that, I guarantee you there'll be somebody else out there when you're on your knees holding out their hand to help you. So if you can't help yourself, help somebody else. Help make somebody else's day better. Knock on your neighbours. Are you okay? Is there anything that I can do? That's what it comes down to, you know, and, and it really comes down to do unto others as you want done unto yourself. We reap what we sow, Anthony, and this is a time for leaders to stand up and lead. Well, that sounds like the perfect place to draw that to a close, Emiliano. They're, they're great words uh, of, you know, wisdom and experience and coming from a, you know, a place of, 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 uh, of genuine love and empathy for, you know, for, for your team and, uh, you know, for the community at large. So, you know, thank you very much, Emiliano Batali, for, you know, contributing to this uh, podcast, which let's hope it's a once in a lifetime sort of uh, podcast that I have to put together. But uh, thank you very much for your contribution, Emiliano. Thank you, Anthony, and God bless you and all your listeners out there. And good luck, everybody. Stay safe, stay healthy, and remember, it's all about love. Lead with love. So that's it for this extraordinary time we live in. I hope that there has been some practical action steps that you can follow in your salons with your team and your family and friends. Please share this podcast on your social media so that we can get some positive information going out there to the wider world. I'd like to say a special thank you to our guest today, Sean Dawson, CEO of the Adam Reed Salon in London, Virginia Meyer, co-founder and partner in the 14J Salon in New York, and Emiliano Vitali, owner of eSalon in Sydney. And until next week's podcast, please stay safe, wash your hands, and make a choice to be a leader in these difficult times and care for those that you love and lead. I'm Anthony Whitaker, and you've been listening to the Grow My Salon Business podcast. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like to connect with us, you'll find us at growmysalonbusiness.com or on Facebook and Instagram at growmysalonbusiness. And if you enjoyed tuning into our podcast, make sure that you subscribe, like, and share it with your friends. Until next time, this is Anthony Whitaker wishing you continued success.